Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... The storyteller has been an integral part of our show seemingly since day one. Um, They are a college professor, a teacher of public speaking and storytelling, and also a theater geek. Give it up for Ryan McIntyre. Miriam Webster defines endurance as... No, that's just for Scott. Who, we just realized uh, Scott's first story was also my first storytelling night here. So that was fun. And nothing else. That was my intro. It's a bad intro. Uh, you know, as I start to think about what I wanted to talk tonight um, on the idea of endurance, when I first talked to James, the first thing that I thought of was my favorite author, John Green. Uh, he's a YA author. He's got a bunch of YouTube channels and podcasts, and one in which I particularly love, he ranks something on a five-star scale. And throughout his career, he's talked about his trials and tribulations and how he endures them um, as a creative person. And so I thought that tonight I wanted to pay homage to that uh, by ranking endurance, the human capacity of endurance on a five-star scale. So if you'll indulge me, that's what I'd like to do tonight. Uh, We'll spend some time together sharing some stories that I've experienced and that I know of of a human endurance. And I I don't know what I'm going to rank it yet, by the way. I haven't planned that ahead. We'll figure it out in 10 to 15 minutes. In 2010, Ed Rosenstein, a 68-year-old realtor, decided to go on a day hike. He was an experienced hiker, and he was on a familiar trail in Joshua Tree National Park. He was celebrating the fact that he had just closed a fairly large and lucrative deal. He let his friends and wife know that he was going to be hiking for a day and then spending another two days, three days total, camping. So no one expected to hear from him. He realized that that was a major problem on the second day when he was hopelessly lost in the Mojave Desert. Things had started off okay. And perhaps as a part of human hubris, he knew what he was doing. It was a trail that he was familiar with. And so he didn't bring any maps. He knew that he was only going to be hiking for about a day, and so he didn't bring his jacket with him because he would be back before nightfall. His hike through the hills uphill went fine. It was on his trip back downward when he was about three hours past when he knew he should have passed a recognizable trail that he thought things were going poorly. Uh, He recalls the fact that on his first night, as the desert dropped to near-freezing temperatures, 
um, and he didn't have anything else with him. He took the roll of toilet paper he did bring because, you know, nature calls. And he wrapped it around his arms to try to insulate him from the freezing night. On the third day, he was squarely out of hills and into the desert. On the fourth day, it rained just a little bit, not much, but enough that he got a little bit of water. It is undoubtedly what saved his life. But every day he took his steps forward. He followed a dry creek bed. He walked towards where he thought he might come across a road or a trail or another hiker or a town or something. He refused to give up. He endured. And this is the idea of endurance and I think the most immediate way that we tend to think about it, or at least the way that I did. Physical endurance. It is mind-blowing what the human body can endure physically in order to survive. The fourth day in his story, Ed talks about the fact that he couldn't walk. He spent the entire day crawling and passing out and waking up and crawling again in order to cross 50 yards to get to an outcropping of rock which provided shade so that he could get some sort of relief from the sun beating down on him relentlessly all day long. On the fifth day, Ed, I'm guessing, I don't know, but I'm guessing would have loved to have given up. How easy would it have been to release? But he didn't. He chose to fight and to survive. Though in the telling of his story, Ed on the fifth day did recite the Shema. Um, It is a prayer only said when you know a person is dying. On the sixth day, um, Ed couldn't open his eyes. He didn't even have that much strength, and yet he still chose to fight. He chose to endure. He chose to struggle against unconsciousness. And one of the last things that he recounts remembering is the sound of a helicopter. And then the sound of a ranger's voice saying, hey, are you that Ed guy that's missing? (laughs) I mean, it's breathtaking what the human body can endure when pushed We are resilient. We are star stuff, to quote Carl Sagan. Um, We are amazing at what we can put up with in order to simply continue on. And yes, that's a lizard brain desire to pass on and replicate our DNA, but there's something more to that. There's a choice to endure, and Ed did so against unimaginable physical adversity. I think there's another type of endurance. It's the mental and the emotional endurance to continue to do something even when it's hard. 
to choose to move forward when you don't want to. I grew up in hospitals. My mom is a hematologist and a chemist. Um, she's run labs, worked in labs, and been the director of uh, laboratories uh, her entire professional career, which means I spent a lot of time in hospitals. Most of the time, they were level one trauma centers, meaning that they had these uh, emergency departments that were equipped to face the worst of what could happen to a human body. And I would hang out. You know, I'd spend time with my mom, and I would get to know the doctors, the surgeons, the nurses. And so very much a part of that is the story of endurance, right? The patients, what they endured and survived to get to the building, the surgery and the operation that they endured. But for me, what stood out after a little while, it, it, it wasn't clear right away, was the endurance of the healthcare professionals, of the nurses and the doctors and the surgeons. They had to endure the fact that they knew what was coming when they went to work. They endured the fact that every time they thought they'd seen it all, we as humans found another ingenious way to maim and murder each other. And their choice was to choose life and try to fix them. And the weight that that takes on the mind and on the heart is something that I don't even know that I can begin to understand. And I saw it over and over and over again. The most difficult day of endurance that I witnessed others go through was in 2002. I was in college. I was an undergrad. I was home for the summer. And I was spending time in the hospital um, outside of St. Louis, where my mom worked. Hospitals take privacy very seriously. I don't want you to think people run around telling stories all the time, but every once in a while something happens in a hospital that is so profound and that everyone knows about it. Not the patients, but the people that are there. And I was there. A young child came in. Uh, a little boy. He was six, maybe five, with his parents. Um, they, he had been in a, an accident on his bicycle and was hurt really badly, really badly. He immediately went into a trauma center, immediately went into surgery. And the lead surgeon was, was, a, was a doctor that I had, I had come to know a little bit. There were a lot of doctors that saw that little boy that day. Wounds tell a story. Wounds make a map. That kid was in surgery for eight hours. I mean, imagine enduring that. I mean, that's what a surgeon endures. A five-hour surgery, knitting together uh, tendons and muscles and tiny little bones to fix the hand of a pianist in a car crash. A surgeon endures meeting over and over and over and over again 
with the person being ravaged by the dumb luck and happenstance of leukemia. With the endurance, the physical endurance of all of these patients, and then the endurance of the heart of the doctor that deals with this every single day and then shrugs it off because you have to, and then you go to your next patient. And these doctors endured a full day standing, working on this little kid, a child. And the story that those wounds told were very clear, that it had nothing to do with a bicycle. This child had been beaten with a skillet hot off of a stove. The skin on their hands rubbed off with still wool. And at the end of the day, when that little kid went off to recovery, enduring the torture of the event and enduring his body, enduring the surgery of having that broken body fixed. A broken body, skin missing, burns. His forearm and his leg and the socket around his eyes had been crushed. Not broken, crushed. And he endured and he survived. And at the end of the day, as the doctor that I knew sat in the lounge after the police had escorted someone away, and I could see in their eyes just not enduring the exhaustion of standing through the surgery, but enduring the idea that this is the world we live in. We do this to each other every day, and that's why he had a job. And he'd be at it tomorrow. I faced my own endurances, sure. The physical endured the physical moments throughout my life. The time that I fell off of a cliff face 30 to 40 feet high onto the jagged rocks below while I was rock climbing. The time that I was uh, bitten by a rattlesnake while on vacation and didn't know. And we triaged it. (laughs) The broken bones, the cuts, the bumps, the bruises. The ridiculous things. The things that were my fault and the things that weren't. These moments of endurance. The time of getting beaten. Beaten. For the $20 in my wallet a few blocks away at our grocery store here in town, enduring the night with my date when my yes became 
a wait became a stop, and they didn't listen. Enduring the physical moments. Which seem easier to me, to be quite honest, at least in hindsight. What's more difficult for me is enduring the constant day-to-day, which ultimately is because my brain's an asshole. (laughs) My brain doesn't work quite right. My brain creates chemicals in the wrong order. And so my brain consistently tells me that uh, my friends aren't my friends. My loved ones will leave me. My art isn't good. My professional career is meaningless. My paintings are bad. My shows are awful. My storytelling is worthless. And that the times that people have said nice things are all lies so that they can get me later. Later, That's what my brain tells me. And it would be easy to agree. It would be easy to spiral down throughout all of these thoughts into a dangerous and dark place. It would be easy to say yes to that most final of escapes. And yet, like Ed, I choose to endure and step one foot in front of the other and walk and continue and drag myself when I have to. Like the doctors that I got to know and the nurses and everyone else to say, yes, this world is full of awful things that we do to each other, but also celebrate the joy and the life and the happy and the hope. And I think for me, that's, that's the big thing, is hope. I'm a nihilist. I am an existential nihilist. I, and this isn't depression talking, I am well aware of the fact that none of this matters. The story tonight doesn't matter. In a hundred years, no one's going to know who I was. In a few million years, the sun will expand as a red giant and literally vaporize this planet. And in a couple hundred billion years, the eventual heat death of the universe will collapse in upon itself, and reality as we know it will cease. In the long, long run, none of this matters. But that is not the same as saying none of this has meaning. I think all of this is meaningful. All of the stories are meaningful. And the art and the shows and the kids and the doctors and everyone, the audience, the students, the checkout clerks, we all have meaning. We all have meaning. And for me, in the face of understanding that it will all go away, choosing to endure is hope. The act of enduring is hope. I give the human capacity to endure four and a half stars.
If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, plenty of ways to pitch your story, and our podcast featuring storytellers from previous shows. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.